Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining me today. I have a guest on my show. His name is Adam Ferris, and I have known him for about the last six years. He he came to us on the program, and uh, so I really want to get into. He's uh, he is a transformed man. Mm. Uh, that's what I've always said to all you guys out there. We're not looking to get somebody in, clean up their, you know, get them off drugs and alcohol, and then just send them back out into the world to go to hell. The whole idea is the gospel. The gospel message is a transformative message. It can take a life that is totally broken, which, by the way, is all of us. Mm -hmm. Some of us display it better with drugs, alcohol, riotous living, and other people are clean and, and you know, that whole leave-it-to-beaver family thing, but just as broken and lost because they don't know Christ. And so today when I get Adam on here, I just—you know, we were talking beforehand, and I was showing him some pictures of my mom and my dad and— things like that. My dad was this really great-looking guy and had a great future as a pharmacist, but he also had a character flaw. His character flaw was that he did not know Jesus Christ mm-hmm. as Lord and Savior. And so that character flaw started to manifest itself later, actually, uh, you know, in his late 20s before he got into it. But he was a pharmacist, so he was he was uh, drinking and probably taking drugs. I don't know about that part. But I know that he blew apart the family because he wanted to follow his own idol. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't have a great role model as far as my dad because he was an alcoholic. But what I did do was later on in my life before uh, Olga, my uh, my wife who passed away— I started to be just like him. Mm-hmm. I was drinking and doing other things and uh, chasing since I was pretty young. I was doing all those kind of things. And so the very thing we hate the most, <laughs> we sometimes begin yeah. to be that that thing. So, Adam, first of all, how did you find out about the mission? Um. So my church that I'm a part of now, Redeemer Bible Church in Elk Grove. Used um, to be EGBC. Used to be Elk Grove Bible Church, correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I was homeless and well you know, into my addiction for almost 18 years at that time in 2017. Um, that church needed a loan to buy their building. And my mom happened to be the loan manager for the bank that they were banking with. I remember with. that. And so you know, to get approved for that loan, she had to interview some of the pastors. And she came across one of the... Uh, the chaplains, and he happened to work at the mission, um, and you know, asked him, "What do you do?" And he's like, "Well, I'm a chaplain at the Union Gospel Mission." She was like, "Oh, well, I have you know, a 28 year old son who's been doing drugs his whole life, who could really use use some help." So um, they gave me his number and also Mr. Jarrett's number. I think I sat on it for maybe a month or two, um, and then finally called, and a couple weeks later showed up um, and discovered the Union Gospel Mission. Yeah, and I I know that. Uh... The chaplain you're talking about was Ernie, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. And so when you showed up, 
Of course, I was there at the time. Mm-hmm. And you really didn't want a program like ours, did you? I didn't. I know that, you know, like I said, 18 years uh, into my addiction and just living that lifestyle that comes with it. Um, I'm sure we all know what I'm talking about, but um, I knew I needed help. I knew I was desperate. I was tired. Uh, I was beaten. I was worn down. Um, and I showed up, but I saw the sign that's outside the chapel and it says, Jesus saves. I was like, okay, I need help, but I, I don't need Jesus' help. I don't believe in Jesus. This is not for me. And I was like, no, no way. I'm not doing this program. Um, and several of you had came out and like trying to encourage me. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just not going to do this program. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, This isn't the help that I'm looking for. Um, But lo and behold, I was, I was deeply wrong. And um, it was a blessing that the Lord opened my eyes at the mission. I got saved at the mission. Um, And here, like, here we are five years going on six years later. And it's been the most amazing six years of my life. Yeah. And you know, that's really true. When Adam came in and we were talking even before the show about some of his tattoos that he has, and he was committed not to accept Christ mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, and and devoted to that end, right? But God calls us and makes us alive so that these dead men can hear the voice mm-hmm. of God calling, right? And so... You went through the program. How long were you in the program before you believe, or before you became a believer? So I got in in September, and I don't think it was somewhere until October. Um, you know, I was one of those guys that was just fake it till you make it because if you're not going to do the missions program, they're going to ask you to leave. Like we, we want men who are um, going to take this program serious or willing to put the work in. And I, at the time, was living in Stockton, homeless in Stockton, and that's a far walk, if you ask anybody. Sacramento to Stockton is a far walk, and I, I didn't want to walk that far. <laughs> um, and, you know, I didn't have any means of communication during that time uh, to call someone to come pick me up. So uh, during during those few weeks after showing up, I started to do the program, which you go to class twice a day, and the class consists of, you know, Bible studies and word studies and different different programs that they have. Um, and in that, I was reading the Bible, and we do chapel every single night, mm-hmm. uh, seven days a week, 365. Um, Sundays, twice a day, because they do lunch. Well, I'm hearing the Word of God at this point. I'm studying the Word of God. Not intentionally. I'm not seeking Jesus. I'm still not believing. Um, but through that, you know, definitely in Proverbs, and I'm seeing myself, and I'm like, wait a second. How does this story I don't believe in, how does it know who I am? How does it know my heart? How does it know the way I think? And that really got my attention. Um, and started to study some more. And I don't know at what point during that time, I know some sure. point in October, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm the problem. I'm, I am mm-hmm. a sinner. I've gotten this sin, inheritance, right, of sin. And then and, added to it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm making this worse. I'm living my life this way because I'm not obedient to God. I don't submit to God or his word. Um, I don't you know, believe I'm a bad person, all these different things, but I really got to see myself for what I am and how wicked I really was. Um, and I think I was broken by my sin. I didn't want to be that way. I didn't like the way, I didn't like who I was. Um, I didn't like who I looked at in the mirror or the yeah. way I treated people. Um, and through God's word, he offered me a better way. And I put my hope in Jesus Christ. And um, here, like I said, here we are it's going on six years later. You know, I know this other guy, he was recovering from his idolatry as well. And one day he was riding to Damascus and Guess what? 
mm-hmm. he had no intention of uh, becoming a Christian either. As a matter of fact, he was even worse than you are. Mm-hmm. He hated Christians so much, he was throwing them in jail and yeah, killing Paul, them. Yeah. And so Saul of Tarsus, I know you all know that, mm-hmm. became Paul the Apostle. Mm-hmm. And he wrote... Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote like two-thirds of the New Testament. He wrote the letters to the churches, and, you know, they used to they used to kid and say that the first place Paul went to when he came into a new town was he would go look at the jail because he wanted to know where he was going to be spending the night because mm-hmm. he was beaten, abused, stoned, thrown in jail everywhere he went. And uh, so, fortunately, most of us don't experience that, at least for the time being. But yes, uh, God's transformative power is an amazing Mm -hmm. thing. And so, you graduated the program in what year? Uh, June 2018. I believe it was June 21st or 22nd. Yeah, something in that. Yeah, nine months after I showed up. So... How surprised was your mom? <laughs> <laughs> My mom and anybody else who knew me uh, was was very surprised. Um, family, friends. Um, I haven't ran into too many people from my past, but you know, I uh, ran into one guy, and they were they just can't believe you know what Adam has always been known to be the guy the to live the rough life and um, do his own thing and go his own way, and to to hear him talking about Jesus in this thing of redemption and, you know, salvation is, is definitely something that we don't identify Adam with, you know, but uh, it's, it's like Paul, as you talk about, Paul says in his letters, you know, the new creation, the old has passed away, um, and I am definitely a new man uh, only because of Christ. I ran into an old friend years ago, well, a few years ago now, and uh, her name was Sandy, and she's married to a guy named Dennis, and they had known me back in the day, and when I came to Christ, they knew me then. But un- unlike you, I had my moment when I just started living more like the world. Mm-hmm. The difference now is everything made me feel guilty. Yeah. You know, but so I ran into her, and I hadn't seen her in uh, forever, man. And uh, she said, are, are you still a Christian? I said, I, I am. She said, Okay, okay. What's your pastor? Who's your what's your pastor's yeah. name? I said, Well, I'm the pastor. She said, What? <laughs> <laughs> I understand that kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh and people from high school and stuff that knew me or even in those college years, you're 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 a pastor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Uh, I run a I'm the executive director of the Union Gospel mm-hmm. Mission. What? <laughs> but that's cool because God's power of redemption is not limited to people that are just really bad or really good. Right. It's for everybody. And, you know, here's a cautionary note. If you are out there and you're listening to Adam's story and you go, oh, man, I, I'm glad I never got into that. Mm. Okay, that's cool, but did you get into the other part of it, the part where he gives his life to Christ, where he opens up and and he becomes a new creation in Christ? Because if you haven't done that, it doesn't matter that you didn't do drugs or alcohol or anything else. Matter of fact, I had a teacher who was 
talking about something and saying this is going to send you to hell if you keep doing it. And they said, well, what do we say about her? I said, well, she's, I understand where she's coming from. So, you know, she's right. These lifestyles are indicative of somebody who doesn't believe. But I said, there's only one thing that sends you to hell, and that's unbelief. Mm -hmm. But all the other things, drugs, alcohol, sexual immorality, all those things are signs and signals of an unregenerate heart, right? Because if you truly love Christ and you want to be in walking in Christ, you may occasionally do something that you're ashamed of, but you can't live there. Right. Because that's impossible. Some point you got to get up out of the pig pen and go back home. Mm-hmm. And so uh, how long was it, do you think, that your your mom— your mom and you have always been close, even though you were doing all these right, things. Right. So, how long was it before? Was your mom, when you graduated, waiting for the other shoe to drop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm not sure. I think she was just surprised, um, just that I even stayed a couple weeks in because when I got there, I'm like, I'm not I'm not doing this program, and you know. But she dropped him off, and he had no ride. Right. I had nowhere to go, so I was like, it's a long walk back. So I guess uh-huh. I'll stay. You know, and then getting, you know, um, visitations from from mom and family, and they start to see this change, and then probably a few months into the program, like, okay, um, I think the Lord's really doing something here with my son, and then coming into graduation, I think throughout the program, they they saw the transformation before them, Um, and there's not too many people in my life right now um, that got to see that transformation, you know, such as yourselves, you guys saw the Adam that came in and the Adam that came out of it, um, Mm -hmm. got to see, uh, God changed my heart, you know, through his word and, um, allowing me to submit to him. Um, so it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, it's kind of difficult, isn't it? When God starts to show us the person Mm -hmm. we are. Yeah. And you take that first good look in the mirror and you go, what is wrong with you? Yeah, it's hard. So uh, how difficult was it for you to live in the dorm with 23 other guys? Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't that bad for me, per se. Um, you know, the, the lifestyle I was living before that, you know, some of that stuff is kind of normal. There are, you know, other men with the same the same stories that come through there. Um, but I think at that at that point, you're just grateful to have a bed to sleep in. Um, you're grateful to be getting food every day, meals every day, um, and then to be around people too. Um, and then eventually it starts to become normal and you start to be grateful to to be programming with other men and having them encourage you and having you encourage them. Um, but yeah, it was it was a shift for me, obviously coming in for being homeless, mm. but um, there's, there's a point where you're just grateful to be sleeping in a bed and yeah. don't really matter how many men are with you, but, um, to see other men are struggling with you. Like you said, not all, not all the guys that come to the program have Adam's story. They have their own story and it may not be alcohol or drugs. Um, but to your point, we, we all are broken with sin. Um, we all are sinners. Um, and we can relate at that level and, um, just encourage one another to live for the glory of God every day. So, um, it became a, um, a joy of life to live among these brothers as, we left. I just saw a guy there, uh, Kim Lesh, that I had graduated with. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was a joy to still see him coming back to the mission and uh, see Comes him doing well. Comes back all the time. Yeah. Um, sometimes he stops by our church, and it's just good to see a brother still doing well. Yeah, I mean, here's a man that was successful. He was a dentist. Mm-hmm. 
he had all these things going and, you know, he had money, he had all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, and, you know, started with a car accident, progressed to a stroke and then taking drugs, uh, legal drugs at first, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure, to ease the pain and everything. And uh, coming to the realization that he came from a different uh, religion altogether, mm-hmm. a Hindu, and he... When he came to Christ, he came to Christ, and he is a guy that will ask you a new question every mm-hmm. time you see him. But you know what? That's good. He, yeah. He'll always stop me and say, I have just one question. You think, okay. <laughs> but to your point, he's faithful. He comes back all mm-hmm. the time. He witnesses to people uh, that used to be or are uh, in the same religion he used to be. And he's uh, he's he's uh, quite a guy, and he comes around. But you know, I always see in the guys that are going to graduate and be successful, it usually starts with humility. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And most of us, if not all of us, have a tendency to blame our predicament on somebody else, mm-hmm. right? It was my dad, it yep. was my mom, it was my brother, it was these bad guys down the street. Uh, and so who do you who did you find out was really to blame for your predicament? Yeah, like I said, I, I, I was faced with myself when I started reading through God's Word. Yeah. Um, I was faced with who I really was. I started yeah. to find my identity, you know, before Christ's identity, like who was Adam really outside of Christ? Um, and I didn't like it, but I believed it as truth. I'm like, this, this is, this is exactly who I am, mm-hmm. and it blew me away. How does this, you know, book thousands of years old? How does it know who Adam really is? I don't go around telling people like who I am. Um, I just live it. And where you are right now, yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and like you said, I didn't like it. I didn't like who I was, mm-hmm. but I believe I'm like that's exactly who I am. Um, I was ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hurt, but like to your point, I was always blaming. Oh, if my parents would have done this. Oh, if these guys, if I didn't come across these guys. Me too. Um, blaming everybody, but I was like, I'm the problem. I, I don't submit to God's word. I don't believe in God. You know, all these different things that I'm not, I'm going my own way. The way of the transgressor is hard. And yes, it was a hard 18 years, or you could even say 28 years at that time. I was, I was only 28 years old. Um, but then realizing who I really am um, and then giving my life over to Christ. Yeah, even to the point that you were able to go out and, and with God's clarity, pick mm-hmm. a good, healthy, well-balanced, Bible-believing yes. church. Mm-hmm. And nobody forced you to go there, right? No. I mean, it, we don't lean on the guys. We have recommendations for certain churches, yours being one of them, that we will recommend because mm-hmm. we know what you guys preach, we know yeah. what you teach, and all those kind of things. But we don't require our graduates or even the people at the end of there to go to one of these churches. But, you know, when you when you have lived a lifestyle the way that Adam has lived a lifestyle, I think you realize that you can't have one foot in both worlds, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so that's what I think a lot of people try to do. I've seen a lot of graduates fail because they say, well, now I know how to handle it, so I'll just have one drink. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just, you know, and before long, they're fully immersed back in all their sins. And we can't ever become boastful or proud, right? I mean, right. you can't, 
walk down and say, I cannot be tempted. Oh, please. <laughs> right. I was 28 when I came mm-hmm. to the Lord, and I have to pray for, you know, that I am not tempted in many mm-hmm. ways, right? So, um, so, but you went to this church, and you, you were in this church, and uh, so— I think you got married, didn't you? I did. I did. Okay, so uh, tell us how long you've been married. Uh, it'll be one year in April, so eight months, uh, coming up on nine months. Um, okay. Like on the way over, we were talking about it's been the um, the best thing and the also the hardest thing because my, my sin is uh, being revealed ever so more through my through my beautiful wife of just how sinful I still am and how much I need Christ every day and. Uh, need to lay my life down uh, as Christ right. laid his life down and um, just love my wife like Christ loved the church. Um, but it's been it's been amazing um, yes. being married to uh, my wife, Ray Lynn, um, who I met at church. Um, she was actually being baptized when I discovered her. I was like, who is this woman getting baptized? Um, on one Sundays that we were doing baptism and we became really good friends through the church and a couple years later um, started dating and then got married last April. And now we are expecting our first son in July, uh, Asher. So we just found out on Sunday that we're having a boy, and we're going with Asher. So, And um, your son, the other son, is how old? Yes, he'll be 12 in July also. Because yeah, uh, he had this son before he came to the mission. Yeah, so. I think I was 21 or 22 when I had my first son. Yeah. Um, so, and how is he doing He's doing good. Um, he's doing a lot better. As you know, he's had some um, medical ailments. Yeah, uh, I found do. A, a brain tumor. We spent a lot of time uh, praying about yeah, those things. Um, years ago, and he still has it, but they've they've removed um, a lot of it. Um, by the grace of God, it's not cancerous, but it is in the back of his brain stem, so it's in a very sensitive spot. Um, and so he was off of chemo because it had shrunk, but as soon as he got off chemo, um, it started growing again. Um, so he's now back on a different kind of chemo where he's going once a month to the children's hospital in San Francisco. Uh, but he's, he's doing really good. Um, doing yeah. great for a 12 year old boy given the circumstances and, um, yeah, we're just really grateful. I, uh, I remember praying with you in my office. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I gotta, I gotta say that I have three kids and no parent can think of anything more frightening than have yeah. their child mm-hmm. uh, sick with something, and there's nothing you can do. But you know what? I always love that saying. People say, "Well, they don't have a prayer." Well, you know what? That's the one thing every believer has yes. is a prayer. But we we can't presume upon God to know what His will is mm-hmm. in anything. I prayed that Olga would be spared. And she went home to be mm-hmm. with the Lord, but Amen. for her that was the best. I'm down to one minute, or we are. Want to say anything to everybody before you go? Um, and I want you to come back next week. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I just hope that you're encouraged. You know, um, as as you said, uh, you may not have my story before Christ, but what we all do have in common is you know all fall short of the glory of God, and um, it it is um, the best thing that I've ever done was. Um, put my faith in Jesus Christ, and it's been the most amazing going on six years of just walking in the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Um, I can't imagine how anybody gets through the trials and tribulations of life 
uh, without Christ, and I know you need him after. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) So as always, my dear friends out there, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched, and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.